0: Welcome to the next episode in our Fertility Expert series. I am absolutely loving connecting with other people who work in the world of fertility, offering amazing advice and support during this time. Today we have Jennifer Robertson, who is a fertility coach. She has helped women all over the world transform their mindset and take back control of their lives while they're going through infertility. She's also the author of The Injustice of Infertility, a deeply inspiring and raw account of her own seven-year journey through infertility. This was an amazing conversation Jen shares her own journey. We talk about simple questions you can start to ask yourself to switch that mindset and bring relief in the moment. I really hope you enjoy it. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Embrace Fertility podcast. Today, we have Jennifer joining us. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. (laughs) And we've been following each other for a while on Instagram, and you published a blog a couple of weeks ago that was just so spot on and so just really summed up the struggle. And you put at the beginning in the blog, if you feel like I'm stalking you or reading your diary, don't worry, I'm not. It's because I've been through it. And it really felt like you'd picked up my journals from while I was going through it. It was just so just on it. So tell us a little bit about that blog and why you decided um, to talk about it.
1: Yeah, so I think that it is something that resonates with so many people. And the blog was about being consumed by infertility and as you know and i know this you know it feels like i was writing or you know reading your journal because it's something that i've struggled with for seven years of my life as well and it is this process i've coined it the fertility consumption life cycle where you know you get married you meet a meet a partner or whatever whatever stage you get to but you make the decision that you want to have a baby And so then it starts to creep in, you know, and the longer it takes for some of us, the longer it takes, the more it takes over a little bit more of your life. You know, it takes over a little bit more of your mind space. It takes over a little bit more of your finances. It takes over, you know, a little bit more of your your time in terms of Googling and everything like that. And all of a sudden, you know, two or three years down the track and you don't know where fertility ends and where you begin and you look in the mirror one day and you're just kind of like I have no idea who I am anymore and I don't know what I like I don't know I don't have a life and that is where we get to so one of the biggest struggles that I had was that it just it consumed everything and I guess the basis of the blog was around you know setting goals and when the goal, the ultimate goal becomes to have a baby, it takes over absolutely every aspect. And in the blog, I explained it as these, you know, ni- neatly aligned boxes that we have in our life. You know, we have the partner box and, you know, we connect with them and, and we, we hang out together and we have normal conversations with them. It's kind of like a normal relationship. And then you have your friendship box and you have a whole or like a group of friends that you hang out with, good conversation, free flowing, you know, no no niggles or anything like that. And then we have our holiday and leisure box and, you know, we go for holidays whenever we want to. Well, this is obviously pre COVID or was starting to open up a little bit more so you go out and you do things you have hobbies you have a life and then all of a sudden you have the baby box you know the goal to have a baby and the longer we're on this this journey like those boxes start to go into one another you know in terms of your partner sex becomes <laughs> to have a baby so I, I don't know about you, but I, I put up my hand and go, infertility ruined my sex life. For yeah. quite a number of years the time sex the you become this person that you didn't even know that you were you know yelling at your apartment now yeah, we have sex yeah. now and then wondering why they was like this deer in the headlights and, and there's there's <laughs> issues and it's strained between you so you know so your partnership it's it's all about to have a baby and then of course navigating our friendships when we are trying to conceive as well it's another struggle that we go through you know our friendship groups get split into of those who do have children those who are pregnant and those who 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 aren't pregnant and so it's it's kind of like having to navigate those and so our friendship groups we have to say goodbye to some people so it really does take over our social circle as well and then of course the holidays you know you put your holidays on hold you you say that you can't catch up and and do this on this weekend because you might be mid cycle and you know all of a sudden you stop doing the things that you really like doing you know if you if you are running or or doing um marathons beforehand you stop because all of a sudden you can't do it you can't do heavy exercise you you there are all of the things that you love doing obviously you can't do it you can't go out and socialize and have a glass of wine so it takes over that you know and it just it really does take over everything and that's where we get to like right? that's two analogies of we have become consumed by infertility because the goal is to have a baby so all of those things kind of get sucked up and and combined and that's why we we lose control of our life and can feel like we're free falling and it's just it's not the life that we chose.
0: I think that's the thing with infertility, isn't it it's really people who haven't been through it don't understand why we can't just stop thinking about it and do other things. And I think it is, it does, it tarnishes everything. I remember a client saying the other day that the things that used to make her really happy now frustrate her and annoy her because she's got this like, I spent all these years doing all these things and they've been great, but maybe I should have been trying for a baby. Maybe I shouldn't have been doing all these things. And so now even looking back on the things that she used to love are tarnished are like, well, mm. hang on, have I chosen these things instead of a baby? And it starts to really mess with your head. Especially, I love what you say about their sex. I remember when they, when we finally went into due treatment, I remember both of us were like, we don't have to have sex anymore. <laughs> and we were like properly celebrating. And we were like, oh my God, we didn't have sex for ages. But in a really good way, we really like, oh, just, it, just that tension, that like pressure of like a really don't want to have sex with you but I need to have sex with you because I want to carry your baby is a very, very weird energy to be making you after to mm.
1: someone is it? and it's a source of frustration you know it really became a source of frustration for us because you know that that's how most couples have a baby and and we we couldn't figure it out you know it was it was definitely frustrating and and I love what you said then about you know you have people talking to you about you know hindsight it's such a wonderful thing should i have been you know should i have started earlier and we really can get into that that habit of punishing ourselves and i always say to people of course everything like the the right answer is clear with hindsight because you have all of the information but when we make decisions back then and You know, you're making those decisions based on the information that you have at the time. You don't have a crystal ball. So I think it's really important not to go back and kind of go, well, it was so obvious I should have done this. Well, it wasn't obvious back then because you had no idea that you were going to struggle so much. You know, if we had any idea that we were going to struggle so much, we might have tried a little bit earlier too. But we could have, you know, we would have missed out on a whole lot. It could have happened straight away. So I think this going back and forth and, and kind of punishing ourselves because it, like, quite, quite clearly we, we probably made the wrong decision. There, I don't believe that there's any such thing as a wrong decision. There are decisions that we make based on the information that we have at the time and we need to stop, uh, stop punishing ourselves for hindsight because you didn't have a crystal ball.
0: I think that's the thing, because there is no, there is no wrong decision, because in that moment, even if it's that split second, it is the right decision based on everything that's going on. And I talk about how we've got like that, our library of our mind is all our past experiences and memories. So we're making the decision based on everything that's come before and also our predictions of what might happen. Because so, so many of us, same with me, I didn't start trying immediately because I was like, we're not ready now today this month we're not ready yet whereas then you know a few months later when you look back you're like why on earth did we start but in that moment that cycle you were like because in your head you were like you know very real possibility of we could we could have sex today and then in two weeks find out we're pregnant and then nine months we'll be having a baby and for so you know for a, quite a lot of people in the world that is what happens and so yeah. You don't have this, and I didn't have any friends who'd been through this, or you know, who'd openly talked about this. Might have had, you know, it wasn't. And I'd even been told, like, as a teenager, because of endometriosis, I might need IVF. But even then, I was still like, no, that's 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 other people. That isn't me. Mm -hmm. It was still like, if we, you know, because when, from when you're a teenager, like, you have sex, get pregnant. You've come off the pill. You're gonna be Mm -hmm. pregnant. And then when you're not, you're like, I feel misled. I definitely feel.
1: I know. And that's exactly what it is. You're making the, the decisions to hold off based on the fact that you'd been told your whole life that all you had to
0: do to get pregnant was have unprotected sex. Yeah. And never, they never mentioned this fertile window. It was mm-hmm. never like, to kind of understand. You don't want to like, you know, tell a teenage girl maybe you can work out your fertile window, you know, because obviously, Cycles can change. She might be bad at maths, whatever. But if it they've just been talked about and just more of a concept, because that's something as well. of the very first things I say when I'm working with someone is like, let's just double check you're having sex at the right time. Because even if you're out by a few days and you think your cycle is different or your cycle is changing each month, you could be missing it. It could be as simple as that—that that maths and really understanding your cycle in your body. When I learned about cervical mucus, and I was like, "Well, that's literally my body going, woohoo! Today's the day!" You know, and I was like, <laughs> "Come on!" <laughs> the years was like, "This is why panty liners were invented." Like, didn't realize there was a reason your body does that. It was all oh, this inconvenient, weird thing that happened when you weren't on your period. And then when you learn, you're like. It's literally your body telling you when to have sex. I was like, it's genius. It's amazing. It's amazing. But yes, I didn't know that either. I was on
1: the pill from when I was 18 to when I was 33 and decided that I wanted to have a baby. I had no idea what my cycle looked like.
0: Yeah. So tell us, um, tell us about your story.
1: Okay. So um, how long have we got? (laughs) It's a, it's a long, it's a bit of a long story. I actually wrote a book about it. Um, My, my book is called the injustice of infertility. And I wanted to tell it because we went through so much stuff and, and I learned so many lessons along the way. And I wanted to tell people the truth, like, because a lot of the time we, we kind of don't tell the truth. You know, we we push it down and we make it out like everything's okay. So I wanted I wanted other people to read about my story and realize that it's not just them. Like the horrible thoughts, the shameful thoughts. It's not because you're a bad person and you, and that you're the only one. But this is a common thought process that we had. So. So, yes, yeah, so my husband and I got married when I was 33. And as I said, I'd been on the pill for so long. And then, you know, on our honeymoon, we tried uh, to have a baby. And six months later, we was it was, still wasn't working. And I'm very much a type A personality. So I was like, right, I can figure this out. I was, you know, I worked for a top, um, a global accounting firm. And I was all about, I was a project manager. of source, all, all about process. I was like, okay, I can figure this out. And so I doubled down the effort and I Googled more and I researched more, and you know, did all of these different things and it still wasn't working. So six months into our fertility journey, our sex life in tatters, we walked into our doctor and they did some tests and sent us to a fertility clinic and my husband's sperm wasn't that fantastic. I surprisingly didn't have a regular cycle. I wonder why that was. And and so they just, they automatically was like, okay, we'll, we'll just do IVF. And we didn't question it at the time. We were just kind of like, okay, well, IVF, we have a problem. IVF is the solution. Let's just do this. And we got a little bit through our first cycle and realized that I wasn't getting a lining on my uterus. And they tried so many different things. So we ended the cycle, got about five frozen embryos from that. Um, and then we spent probably the, the next year going from fertility specialists to homeopaths, to changing our diets, to fertility teas, to acupuncture, try to work out how to thicken the lining on my uterus. And eventually we went to a fertility specialist and, and you know, after doing exploratory surgeries, biopsies, and all sorts of things, he said to us, there's no way that you're going to have a baby naturally unless you use a surrogate. So we made the decision. We were lucky enough that my sister-in-law, my husband's sister volunteered to have a baby for us. And so for the next two years, we um, went down the path of surrogacy. I thought that it would just happen quickly, as you would think, just like IVF, isn't surrogacy the solution as well? Um, But yeah, we ended up going through another eight uh, IVF cycles, um, she had a miscarriage during that time and eventually uh, we got pregnant and this one stuck and so now we've got Luca so Luca is almost seven years old and two weeks after Luca was born I got pregnant naturally myself.
0: <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. it, it is the whole Amazing. thing isn't it it's the type of story that you hear and there are so many of them and if you weren't mm-hmm. like it, talking to me now, if that, you know, if this was something you just read, yeah, like, cause I knew you had a, a magazine article recently published, I bet people read that and go, yeah, right, I bet that's not true. Mm. It, it happens to everyone else, and it's, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, mm-hmm. it happens. And and did they give you, oh, well, first off, so many questions. <laughs> so exciting, I, I just, I love your story. Just, it just makes me, it just makes me well up. I'm just like, it's just so, like you've been through so much When Mm -hmm. you find out, that
1: wasn't the end there either. So I Mm -hmm. ended up having a miscarriage from that one. And that was like that for me, that was rock bottom. That was me kind of going like, what? Like I, I had gotten off the roller coaster and then I had, you know, been given this amazing miracle and, and, you know, we were kind of like, wow, this is actually going to happen. And then I had a miscarriage. I was like, what? like what? And, and that's what we do. We search for a reason why. Yeah. Tell me why. What is the point for all of the pain, all of the frustration? And, and I see people doing this all of the time. We ask the wrong question. You know, I made all of the mistakes on my fertility journey. I didn't look after myself, didn't look after my mindset. I would just like, I put my head down. I ran. I didn't look after myself. I didn't take a break, you know, and and in my book, i all of the lessons that I learned along the way and there were a lot of them but you know we just we, we just push ourselves beyond you know what we what we really should so um but yeah like this question of why and I and I did it myself and that when we ask that question our mind searches for an answer why is this happening to me and so of course our mind being a mind gives us an answer And the answer that it gave me was because you're not worthy of being a mother because you'd make a terrible mother because you did this to your body when you were younger and because you drank too much when you were younger and you smoked cigarettes. And of course, this isn't going to happen for you. That's the answer that my mind gave me, you know? And it's, it's, it's sad to think of those sorts of things. So I always say to people, like, even if you had the answer to that question of why is this happening to me, it wouldn't be helpful even if I knew why it's not going to help me move forward and so I always say rephrase the question like what now like what is the next step what do I have to do because that answer that answer that comes and your mind fills in the blank is a lot more helpful so yes but that was me at that point you know like why why what possible reason like it had to be a sick a sick joke but pulled ourselves back together and as you do we had no other choice i mean i had this newborn baby so i felt so ungrateful as well because here i had everything that i'd wanted to and yet i was grieving the loss of another baby so i felt like it was it had been kind of ripped from me like my my joy like this was my joy that i had fought for five years to get and and it had been ripped out from from under me again you know so but yes, we, we pushed forward and six months later, I got pregnant naturally. Again, I was 39 at the time. And yeah, and this one stuck. And, you know, it was a stressful pregnancy. Obviously, pregnancy after infertility and loss is tough as well. And, and now we have Sophie who is five years old. So it's, it's an incredible story. Um, it's one that I felt really ashamed about for a really long time and and even though we would tell people I'd be like wow that's an incredible story I I saw yeah but is it you know is it a sign like why did I have to fight so hard like was I fighting against the grain or so I think that you know it's taken a really long time and it wasn't until I wrote my book that I was able to look back and go wow that really is a story out of shame and and everything like that, but a, a story of resilience and strength and love and hope, and that's what you know. Women who read it get out of it; they they get the hope, and I get messages from them all of the time saying, "I had reached that point where I didn't know whether I could keep on going, but yeah. but now I believe that I can, based on your story." So it's 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 really lovely to be able to to share that. Would I choose that that path? No, absolutely (laughs) not. But it led me to where I am now, which is, you know, like a fertility coach. So supporting women through this journey because it really is so soul destroying. And there are so many, so many ways that we can, I was going to say do it better, but not punishing, punish ourselves and not get consumed by infertility as well, because it is, while it is very consuming, there are definitely things that we can do in terms of our mindset and our actions that
0: can really help as well. And I think, I think it's that, thank you so much for, for sharing It's is beautiful. And it's so inspiring. And hearing you talk about it, like just the, you can, you can feel the question, the questions like, you know, just why? Like you said, it feels like a sick joke, doesn't it? It's like just that, you know, literally, you know, like just why massive question mark. All the like, why, why? And that's what then creates that anxiety, doesn't it, in your mind when you're like a dog with a bone you can't put down because you will never know why. And I think that's no. what none of us, you know, maybe in another 20, 30, 50 years' time, they'll be able to look back and go, oh, well, the reason why this happened to Jennifer is because of this particular condition. The reason why this happened to Naomi is this particular condition. But, you know, we, we may never find out in our lifetimes why and so it's finding that and like you said it's like it's not the phrase like doing it better sounds like another kind of fertility do list but maybe kind of bringing more more ease and grace to something that's very hard like how can we make it even easier like is the i think it's because there isn't really terminology around this i suppose all of us now as as more of us are going through this and then cho- you know choosing to go into this profession we're still trying to figure out this language that is um that isn't triggering that feels empowering mm-hmm. without feeling like we sort of dipping into you know the whole toxic positivity because it's not about like just keep going and just keep believing and oh. after 28 years of miscarriages and hell you will have a magical baby you know it's like we're not mm. saying that we're saying that there there is hope but hope for and also there are so many different routes to becoming a mother like you know we both happened to you know do the treatment you've done the surrogacy and then we've ended up pregnant naturally but there were so many other routes um like Sarah with the fertile mindset who had um you know had her first baby for IVF and then chose to adopt and it's like and she was like that it was perfect for them she was like that's you know that's how we've had our family That is is how it is and she shared her story recently on her whole podcast and it's so beautiful to open yourself up to I think when we first start, I was very much like, if I don't get pregnant naturally, I will do IVF. And then if that doesn't work, I will adopt. I hadn't realized that there were all these other steps. You know, there's clomid, there's IUIs, there's sogacy, there's donor eggs, there's donor sperm. There's all these other options in between. I thought it was just these three steps. And if one doesn't work, tick, next, you know, because also with IVF, I didn't really, I thought it was You kind of, know, you know, you do, you do IVF once, and then if it mm-hmm. doesn't work, you you go and adopt a baby. And obviously that's because mm-hmm. every time that oh, we will tweak these drugs and we'll try this and we'll try this and you try this and this and all these different lifestyle things that you can change as well. And that's why you said every area ends up in this box of, like you said, it was like this box of have a baby and everything goes in. So talk to mm-hmm. us in the blog. You have this beautiful analogy of how to how to start unpacking these boxes? Or you said it's like those little babushka dolls, which babushka is, dolls, yes, yeah. And I was like, I <laughs> imagine like, how can we unpack them and start to create a life again that that feels like our lives, rather than us being this this baby making machine that is, you know, faulty.
1: Mm, yes. Yes. And you know what? It's not easy. None of this, none of this stuff is easier. It's not a matter of just do IVF or just adopt or just relax or just you know, like this stuff is really hard. But the way I see it is that when the only goal is to have a baby, that's when start, things start to crumble. Now, I'm not saying that. <laughs> just stop trying because we hate that one too but it is a matter of realigning our goals yes the outcome that we want to achieve is to have a baby however that looks for you but in terms of when we start sacrificing things you know when when we do acupuncture I remember I did acupuncture in the very beginning and it was because I wanted to have a baby. And so I would go, and it was this horrible little cold studio, and I was rushing before and after work. It was a horrible experience. So, you know, then I found someone who was amazing. And I would go, it would be this major release that I needed. It was just this beautiful form of relaxation. And so the goal from that was to feel better. So when we start bringing the goal back from to have a baby, and and we switch it around to okay, you have to change your diet. You've been told that you know you need to cut out certain foods or eat more of certain foods, or limit your alcohol, or limit your your caffeine intake. Whatever it is that you're that you're doing in terms of your diet, it is to feel better our food our our you know our exercise bringing it back to i want to feel better and i want to have more energy and and those are some of the things that um that when we when we change that mindset and that becomes the goal then we achieve it because a lot of the time we'll go month after month and we'll go okay this month I'm going to do my diet, right? I'm going to tick all of the boxes. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to go to acupuncture. And so you do all of the things that we're told we should do. And then you take the test at the end of the month and it's a negative. And you're like, what's the fucking point? But, 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 Why did I do all these that? things? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so the next month you go, well, that didn't work. So you eat shitty yeah. food. And you, you, you know, you have the extra glass of wine, you stop exercising, you completely fall off the radar. And that's why it's really hard to maintain this momentum, you know, and the consistency because we're setting goals that aren't realistic. Whereas if we set a goal of, I want to feel better. So we monitor, we we modify our diet, we limit alcohol, we limit caffeine, we, we go out and walk out into nature we we do all of the things that we're told that we should be doing but we do it because we want to feel good because at the end of the day all of those things make us feel really good and so then when you get to the end of the month and you're like okay i feel really good and so we achieve that goal and we can tick it off our to do list i'm very much one of those people who is kind of like i like i like achieving things so put it on my to do list i tick it off i felt good excellent did I get a baby maybe maybe not but you know all of these things that we do actually contribute to the outcome that we want it increases our chances of getting pregnant so so it's the it's the changing of the goals so that we actually achieve it so that we're maintaining a little bit of consistency and so that we're not being completely
0: consumed by that you know it's yeah it's not easy it's I think it's that I always call it the smugness factor and I don't know if this like if that word kind of like translates um over to Oz but I just feel like like we were chatting before we went on the call about like you know if we do our sort of monthly um accounts at the very beginning of the month is that that smug feeling and smug is maybe the wrong word but I got like like you feel proud of yourself because you've decided you're Mm -hmm. gonna do something and you do it and then you feel good because you've done it and for me it's like that smugness factor so like yesterday I made myself um you know salmon and avocado and pine nut pasta and then I'd roasted an aubergine to put on and this is after like a week of having the most awful lunches of like oh we've run out of we've we would run out of toast so I just had eggs on a rice cracker and I was like that's really I don't feel smug eating that I feel like I'm really not nourishing my body but I made this meal and I sat down and I felt so pleased with myself that I was like I've put the effort in I really feel like I've got this you know balance plate in front of me but the yeah the goal was to nourish my body whereas I think in the past sometimes like at the beginning of the year I was having some health issues and so I was changing my diet to fix myself and to heal and to get better and so then when I didn't eat well I was really punishing myself and it really felt that same kind of thing as infertility if you then do fall off the wagon you don't do it you're beating yourself up instead of going Mm. there's only so much I can do in a day I'm trying my Mm. best right now and sometimes my best might be a bit shitty but that's all I've got in me today and that's okay and I think when you've got the support of someone who's saying you can that's what I'm finding as well like your Instagram account is amazing. Definitely recommend everyone come and follow you because having those those daily little just reminders of doesn't have you don't have to think this way. And again, that language isn't quite right, but it's about that, those tiny mindset shifts, those tiny just looking at something maybe from like a one, one degree different perspective suddenly. Really changes your outlook and gives you this new, new path to look. So, um, what is your Instagram account? While we are on that, yes. So you can follow me over on
1: Instagram. I love hanging out there. It is Ms Jennifer Robinson So M S J E W N I F E R R O B E R T S O N. Very long. Um, but yeah, I like I, I am about telling the truth and about giving women permission that there's no perfect way to do this there is no great way to do this it is about falling on your butt and then getting yourself back up there and this this journey is so hard and we put so much pressure and extra expectations on ourselves that not only do we have to get through this, but we have to get through it and smile through it and <laughs> just be positive as well. Yes. Yes. It helps. It feels good to feel positive and hopeful all the time, but no one feels like that hundred percent of the time, even if they're not going through infertility. So I'm very much about creating the space for both of us. Like you can, you can throw yourself a pretty party one day and scream with frustration. You can feel jealous and angry and sad and all of the emotions that you want to be feeling. And then the next day you can get back up and go, okay, what do I need to do? to gain back a little bit of hope and feel a little bit more positive. So it's about creating the space for both. And I think that that's so important on this journey. It's not just about, you know, you mentioned before the toxic positivity. Yeah, You can't be positive all of the time because you've, you've lived through so much bad stuff. You know, you, you've seen the other side and, and this is really, really tough that, you know,
0: it's hard to be positive hundred percent of the time. And like you said, it's, it's, I think I really believed while I was going through infertility as well that, you know, I would get pregnant and then I would have this beautiful pregnancy that was just going to be so healing and and, and fix everything I've been through for infertility. And then I was going to have this baby and I've, <laughs> I've written a blog about like, are you expecting your baby to save you? And I was like, if you imagine mm-hmm. the pressure, if you're really pinning all your hopes on this little person coming into your life and making it that you're never anxious anymore, making it that you never have negative thoughts, making it that you feel happy all the time. The pressure that you're putting on this tiny baby is huge. So you're going into that, you know, having a child, it's starting a relationship. This person is going to be in your life for the rest of your life. And if you're starting that relationship, putting them on this pedestal of you will fix me, you will heal me, you will be my everything. How do you think that's going to turn out? (laughs) Like it's not a Mm -hmm. good
1: not a good place yeah but it's not just putting pressure on the baby it's putting pressure on yourself as well because yeah. then when you get to the other side and you're like oh my goodness this is this was support I'm supposed to be feeling such love and joy and connection right now mm-hmm. and I don't what's wrong with me and that's what we do we question the whole way along what's wrong with me what's wrong with me yeah. what's wrong with me uh, what's wrong with you is that you're human <laughs> and, and, and this is hard, you know, infertility is hard. Pregnancy after infertility and loss is hard. Pregnancy, just normal pregnancy is hard. Motherhood is hard. Like it's, it's all hard. And so I think it's really important that we learn the skills now to be able to create the resilience and the routines and the mental
0: capacity to be able to pull ourselves through this thing called life exactly because that's sort all of the thing it's like I say it's very much like when people come work with me I say if you're just doing this to get pregnant it's not going to work it's you come because you you need to do the work and once you learn these things you're never going to unlearn them so it's not like you come no. and you learn and you get pregnant and go oh thank you very much for sharing goodbye because once that information is in your head you get to use it forever you get to use it through pregnancy, you get to use it through birth, you get to use it through motherhood and rely on it and lean on it in the same way. And I think that's the, the beauty. And I know it, again, that can be really triggering me to talk about like the silver linings of infertility, but definitely for me before infertility, I really believed, or during infertility, I really believed I was, I was an anxious person. That's who I was. And actually it was a habit and a and habit again, we need to come up with a whole new language. That seems like really, cool. oh, it's a habit, you can change it. Well, no, it was this ingrained way of existing that I was going through. And then when I started learning about the mind-body link and how, like you said, there's little, those changes, ask yourself a different question. You can't. your brain comes up with a different answer. And that, it literally feels like sometimes that you're, you know, you're looking down, 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 ask a different question. And it's like, you can suddenly see and your perspective opens up, which is beautiful. Um, so talk to us about what resources you have, first of all, for when people are trying to conceive. Mm-hmm. So I do have a free
1: video that people can download and watch, and it has some tips on how you can find peace on your fertility journey by implementing a few actionable steps. So I've got that. So that's, um, I can provide you with the link for that if you like. Yeah, we can pop, um, in, the, pop in the show notes. Yeah. 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 Um, So I I do coaching as well. And as you said before, you know, like we can't guarantee a pregnancy, but we can almost guarantee that you're going to feel a lot better than you do right now. Um, So there's that. I also have your Pregnancy Haven, which is a support community for women who are pregnant after infertility or loss. So um, I have a website for that and also an Instagram account as well called Your Pregnancy Haven. But I, I have my blog, which I publish every single week with a whole raft of tips and ranges from improving your sperm to you know how to deal with IVF or you know, looking at the benefits of being an older mum. So anything that you can think of, I've pretty much written about that over on my blog. Uh, But apart from that, year on Instagram, I think that that's, I think that covers pretty much everything.
0: Fantastic. And I love the, um, so we've just been chatting about um, collaborating. The pregnancy haven is, is perfect. It's what needed because when you get that positive result after going through infertility, it's not a normal pregnancy. It's a pregnancy following infertility and perhaps loss, perhaps years, you know, a lot of grief and having that community of being with other pregnant women who've also been through it and you know there is benefit to you know joining normal <laughs> pregnancy groups as well but obviously if someone's got pregnant on their first try they're going to be in a very different you know headspace to you whereas being surrounded by other women that have been through i think that is so so beneficial and again the instagram pregnancy haven instagram account amazing account to follow and having that really being aware that you don't need to do this on your own. There are so many people, and this is why I'm doing this fertility expert interview series again, that there are so many people. I think, I think this time, everyone I'm interviewing has been through this themselves. And that's not to say someone has to have been through this to be able to help you, of course, but I think there's some deeper level of understanding and empathy and really Really, like you said, like that blog, it literally just felt like it found my journals and been like, oh, right, here we go. We're having the same thoughts. And as soon as you realize it's not just you who's beating yourself up and saying these things, it's not you, it's like a side effect of infertility. But it's a side effect that we can work with and we can shift. And even if that just starts off, you know, following Jennifer's account and watching a video and just sitting with, how can I ask myself those different questions and it starts those shifts and goes on um is there anything else Jennifer if there was like one last thing you would like to share with us what would it be um I I think it's to give
1: yourself a little bit of grace this is probably the toughest this not probably this is the toughest thing that I ever went through and you know, we have such high expectations of ourselves. So I think it's recognizing that this is tough and you don't have to do it perfectly. And if you, all you do is get up today and go through the motions, that's okay as well. So there is no right way to do it. There is no wrong way to do it. There are definitely some things that you can help make it easier. But I think it's about giving yourself a little bit of grace.
0: thank you so much for coming on today. I have absolutely loved, and again, this is the first time we are talking in person. And I just, I love doing this series because it's just so nice talking to other people who are as passionate about this. Um, And it's lovely. And I really think that comes through in these conversations. So I really hope everyone has enjoyed listening. Please reach out to either of us messages like Jennifer said she's got so many different blogs on so many different topics as have i just reach out to either one of us and say this is what i'm struggling with right now do you help and we can send you a blog we can send you a podcast we can send you we've got you know these websites packed full of years of information that we want to share with you and get out there so if you can't find something just ask and we can point you in the right direction. Jennifer, it has been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love chatting with you. (laughs) And please do subscribe to the podcast if you enjoyed this episode and then you'll be the first to know when new episodes come out. Um, you can also it would be fantastic if you could leave a review on this episode the more reviews um, and ratings that the podcast gets the higher up in the listing so when someone's searching for a particular podcast this will will pop up um, for them so please even if it's like a one-line um, review that would be fantastic and um, yeah we have more interviews coming up over the following weeks and if there's a particular fertility coach, specialist, tech, mind-body technique, something that you're interested in that you think I should be talking about on the podcast, then please just message me and let me know. You can message me on um, Instagram, just at Embrace Fertility, or my email is naomi at embracefertility.co.uk.